drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. It is picked up by the line, coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30, at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, touchdown to Corbyn! Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. What's going on, everybody? This, this is literally a live show, if there ever was one. I just hit record. I am in the car. I've done a couple recordings from the vehicle while driving. Um, not the best quality. I apologize. But life gets crazy. So I've got no notes, nothing in front of me. I'm literally driving in the car. It's crazy windy. It is, what is this? This is election day on, on Tuesday. This will drop on Wednesday. This is a solo show. My name is Derek Oakry here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, talking all things Detroit Lions. Let me just get start the show off with what happened this past Sunday against the Indianapolis Colts in Ford Field. I don't know. This, this game to me, the Lions have won two in a row. I don't care who they played. I don't care how they got it done. They got two W's, right? They're pretty healthy heading into the game at least. Um, some injuries popped up, you know, didn't have true font, whatever it may be. But I'm looking over at the Colts roster, and I'm thinking, you got Phillip Rivers, a bunch of young receivers that haven't done much. You got a rookie running back in Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, you got uh, Leonard back, who's an absolute beast at, at linebacker. Yeah, you got DeForest Buckner up front, who's a monster as well. But there's nobody on the Indianapolis Colts that was, was scaring me. Nobody was putting the fear in me whatsoever. And sure enough, man, they came in and they played absolute huge football. The Indianapolis Colts did. They beat the hell out of the Detroit Lions from the minute go. It, it felt to me like they had more juice. They wanted it more. The Lions started out pretty well. You know what I'm talking about? Defense as well as that first ball basically after a turnover, Matt Stafford just guns went into Marvin Jones for a touchdown. You got to be feeling pretty good. But after that, I just felt like this was an imbalanced game. I felt like the Colts had a lot more. Um, they wanted a lot more. The Lions showed some inconsistencies once again in regards to tackling, running their quote-unquote scheme rather than just attacking ball carriers, going to get the football trying to create turnovers, all the things you really need to do to win in the National Football League. So, I mean, to, to, to me, this was a poor, poor game from Matt Stafford. He just did not play good football. Um, they just didn't have enough playmakers. Kenny Galladay went out early. And, gosh, just nobody on defense really really stepped up. I mean, I can't remember. We might have got a sack or two, but nothing that changed the game. You know, blocked a kick, which uh, led to the touchdown. I mean, those are the type of things you should do to help win those ball games. But other than that, this was just a really lackluster performance. I mean, I talked to some friends. They definitely said this was even worse than the Green Bay loss. 
you know what I mean? When it came to just how it felt, you look up at the scoreboard, 41, what, 20, whatever it was. I mean, that's ridiculous. So, I don't know. I mean, a horrible game for the Lions. Just not much really to hang your hat on. Not much really to be excited about coming out of it. Like I said, Kenny Galladay's hurt. Matt Stafford had a horrible game. DeAndre Swift didn't get going. Marvin Jones got two touchdowns. That was nice to see. Other than that, I mean, I, I, I don't know what I saw on defense other than a great play by Deshaun Hand that I remember. Like I say, the block kick, a couple nice uh, get off the field on third down. And other than that, just a horrible performance, a terrible loss against a team that should not come in and just beat, beat you to death like the Colts did. And it's another L for the Lions, and it puts them at three and four. And now they got to go uh, tighten things up with uh, Galladay hurt. We learned Trey Flowers is hurt. We don't know if Trufant's ever going to play again. And you got to go into Minneapolis, Minnesota, and get that dub. I mean, gosh, I just don't know. I, I don't see it happening. It's not a really bad loss for the Lions on so many levels. All right, everybody, I'm back. Now, this is still a live from the road show here on the Detroit Kool-Aid Cast, but I had to hit stop for a minute. A um, couple reasons. I was navigating a couple things on the road, as well as uh, I got the inkling to just stop off and get some uh, McDonald's French fries. Now, I've been eating good. I've been doing the intermittent fasting, hitting the treadmill, doing all the things I need to do, so I'm not a, a skinny, half-chubby dude. But I still love a McDonald's stop every blue moon. Me and my buddy Chops were down in the ATL for the Lions game. And I must admit that I broke a lot of my good eating habits down there. But I saw a McDonald's, had to hit it up. Everybody out there, you know McDonald's fries are still the top of the food chain. I mean, Wendy's fries, since they went to that sea salt garbage, are horrible. Wendy's used to have some money fries back in the day. Rally's fries, even though I barely ever hit up a Rally's or see many, are incredible. Uh, who else we got? Burger King got terrible fries. Jeez, um, I'm trying to even think where another good set of fries is. But for me, it's either Rally's or McDonald's up top. And then you got to put the curly fries, I guess, from, from Arby's under that. But am I the only one that thinks Arby's is just screwing us? I mean, really... You're going to be charging like eight fifty for a for a roast beef. I mean, it's it's roast beef meat on two pieces of bread, and you're charging like it's the greatest sandwich of all time. It's a good sandwich. Roast beef is a legit sandwich, but it shouldn't be eight fifty. It should be about two fifty, and that would be much better. So that's my beef with Arby's. But the curly fries are always money. So anyway, that's my little sidebar about fries. I made a little stop, uh, chowed down a minute there, and now I'm back on it. So I'm on the road. Hopefully you won't hear any accidents. You won't see me come across any animals running across the road like happened to me last year. We're coming back from Green Bay, the Monday night game with the Detroit Lions when I couldn't have been more livid. My buddy Grifka, you know who he is, a.k.a. the Waffle Maker, was sitting there going, I had a great time. That was a great football game. And we got screwed in Monday night against Green Bay. We're driving home. I'm telling Grifka, don't talk to me. I'm, I'm livid. And all of a sudden, a deer runs out and smashes in the side of my car as well. Just brutal. Great trip. Incredible tailgate. 
Griffka, you're right on all those factors. But the ball game itself, we got screwed. It was robbery. The Detroit Lions had that one. And uh, it should have been a huge win. It should have been taking them to first place. And it was all the opposite of what it should have been. So that was very frustrating on so many levels. But um, like I said, hopefully there's no issues here. But I'm going to continue to talk Lions with you guys. I want to talk about um, more about this indie game, but more about kind of some some rants and frustrations I have about where the team is at right now. And then the back half of the show, I'm going to get into Matt Stafford. That's right, the quarterback, the guy that everybody always talks about. You got people that absolutely love this guy, can do no wrong. You got people that wanted him out of town years ago. You got people, I mean, it's pretty much, those are the two sides. I don't hear many people say he's, he's good, but he's got this, these weaknesses. I'm going to try to give you a little bit of a deep dive on Stafford today, where I'm at with him, some of his past, things he does well, some of his weaknesses, and then also just kind of where he's at when it comes to dollars and cents, his cap, obviously the trade deadline just passed before, excuse me, before I hit the road here, everybody knows, you know, Stafford wasn't going to get traded, the Lions didn't make any moves. But, you know, what what a trade down the line might look like if they do decide to move on from number nine and, and kind of where I'm at with them just in general. So before I do that, let's go ahead and get back. So the, the indie game, like I said, I kind of just summed it up. It's one of those games I thought they should have found a way to win. They played tough in the beginning, um, you know, got that early touchdown. And then to me, just kind of fell apart after that, um, giving up, you know, plays to Naheem Hines and, you know, just kind of that poor tackling, that ability to, to run the scheme and just letting a team like that not only beat you, but get up, get up big. It really wasn't a football game, you know, right after the Lions scored after the half, which, you know, one thing they've been good at is they get out, they get out hot finally. What's, what's been the beef the last few years? Oh man, they can't start well. They, they can't um, get ahead. Well, they've done both of those. Now they can't keep a lead. Now they can't, um, you know, keep teams off the scoreboard in the second half, and, and they're just losing leads left and right. So I'll talk about more of that in a moment. But like I say, I can't find much to hang my hat on or, or be excited about or be or serve up that Detroit Kool-Aid about this, about this indie game. And, you know, it's, it's a bad loss in my opinion. It's a, it's a loss from a team that doesn't have a bunch of pro bowlers, not a bunch of explosive playmakers, but that just showed up played solid football in all three phases. The Lions didn't. They they were whooping it up. They had so much more juice, so much more mojo, so much more moxie, grit, determination than the Detroit Lions. And, and that's why they won the ball game. I mean, it's pretty much that simple. So I, 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 I don't know if you guys can hear my uh, GPS talking in my ear. We'll see if that comes out on the recording, but it's telling me where I need to go. And, and, and I'm on this couple hour road trip right here. So I, I don't know. I just really bad loss, really discouraged by it. You know, I'm always the positive guy here on the show trying to tell you why you need to believe in this team, why things aren't that bad. But to me, it was it was that bad. You know, it was one of those where, you know, you can't have your, your 30 plus million dollar quarterback have a game like that. You know, you can't lose a player like Kenny Galladay and, and, and still, you know, get where you want to get as a football team. You can't not give the football to DeAndre Swizzle, DeAndre Swift, 
and, and just ignore him once again. You can't run the ball on first down every time right up the middle for one yard, two yards. I mean, Daryl Bevel just wants to be this 1985 football team, and so does Matt Patricia when really, when all of our guns are blazing, you should basically put Marv, Kenny, Danny, Hawk, Swift out there and, and spread teams out and, and throw the football more. I mean, that's what we do best. That's what keeps us in ball games. And then if the defense can figure themselves out, you know, maybe actually play some D, maybe actually get a couple sacks, get a couple turnovers, maybe you could win a football game or two. But instead, you know, they just wanna they just wanna play this bend don't break. They want to sit there and, and think they're going to cover for eight, 10 seconds. And then they don't let their offense be explosive. They just want a two yards in a cloud of dust. Hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to, uh, you know, play balanced offense even when it's not working. I mean, I like Daryl Bevel overall, yet I'm killing him right now because Daryl Bevel seems like the guy, when things aren't working, oh, I'm just going to stick with it. All of a sudden it's going to work. Or things start to work, Stafford starts slinging it, or put up some points, or, hey, Daryl Bevel, note to Daryl Bevel, last year when you actually got out of some of this conservative stuff and you called those trick plays is when we got up on teams, when we surprised somebody, like, like a bunch of other NFL teams do, where they pull rabbits out of the hat every week and, and have something up their sleeve and, and get free points that way. Where, where have those been this year? Absolutely nowhere. We come out every every game. We run up the middle to start the game for one yard. We continue to nickel and dime all day. Every once in a while, we'll go play action and chuck it downfield, but not anywhere like we did last year. No trick plays. No usage of a, of a dynamic talent, you know, like DeAndre Swift in the passing game. You know, not using Marvin Jones the way he could be used this year. Not featuring TJ Hawkinson like he should. This guy should be getting eight to ten footballs like like some of the top tight ends. Now is he a top top tight end? Is he a top five guy? No. But does he play really good? Does he catch everything in his area? Should he be featured more when he's one of your best offensive players? Yes, he should. He should be getting the football six to eight, maybe even ten times a game in his vicinity. Seven to eight of those he would catch for for anywhere from 60 to 80, maybe even getting a 100-yard game. Imagine that, a 100-yard game from a tight end you took in the top 10. Gosh almighty, would that kill you? So I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know what they're doing. I feel like it was just – so so here's my here's my rant to finish this up. Matt Patricia all the time wants to say you got to – it starts with consistency. You got to be consistent. I've, I've continued to consistently back Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn. Yet I'm sitting here going, the only thing you're consistent at, Detroit Lions in 2020, is being consistently inconsistent. You know what I mean? Like, these guys show up one day, they can't stop anybody. And for two games, they end up playing good run defense. Matt Stafford plays well a couple games. Then he comes out and plays like garbage against the Indianapolis Colts played horrible against some of those other losses that we had where he's just ho-hum, you know, middle-of-the-road, bottom-level, mistake-riddled quarterback instead of the elite-throwing gunslinger um, playmaker that we need at the position. 
So, so what are you? What do you guys do well? Like, there's games I see you do things well, you can't do it the next week. There's things I see you do horribly, the next week somehow you got them figured out. Matt Patricia always says we got to get a couple things calmed down. You know what you got to get calmed down? Is getting things calmed down, and then next week they go crazy. Or you get something that's crazy, and the next week you calm it down, and then it's crazy again. How about you calm down all the inconsistencies and get those figured out? So you can let at least show up every Sunday and say, all right, we can feature DeAndre Swift in the passing game. We know we can do that. We can manipulate linebackers and put teams in positions. We know when Kenny Galladay is healthy, we can get him the football. We know TJ Hawkinson. Wait, hold on. TJ Hawkinson is a matchup nightmare. Like, there's certain things you could do week in, week out. There's certain things I watch other teams do. That is not brain surgery. It's not, oh, man, you know, we got to overthink it. You see other teams run these plays. They're, their guys don't even try. They just run up 10 yards, come back two yards, the ball's right on them, first down. You know what I mean? You don't need these complex routes. Detroit Lions, do you see other teams just killing you with, with shallow crossers? I mean, run a shallow crosser now and again with, I don't know, Danny. Marvin Hall, Swift, Hawkinson. Like, these are things that other teams are doing to you that takes no work. You, you just you just run a guy up the field three yards, run him across a couple a half screens, throw the football to him, let him run field and get 10, 15, maybe even 20 yards if you're lucky. It's not complicated. So the Lions need to figure out what they need to be consistent at, what they can be consistent at. And they just need to show up every week and, and do those types of things rather than one week throw a D, next week nickel and dime. One week feature Swift, next week gets no no run, no no carries, no no dynamic usage, just barely out there, you know. Adrian Peterson, let's get you consistent. You know, you had some good games. You've had about three, four, five, whatever it is, not so good games. Like, I like your veteran leadership. I like some of the, the power you bring to the run game. But let's find some consistency from you where we know we can just get good, solid runs whenever we give you the football. But that we're also going to feature a guy that can catch it, can run it, and can do some things, and that we spent a high second-round pick on. So if I'm looking at it, the Detroit Lions should be able to throw the football on most teams when healthy. Now with Kenny, you may have to change that. Um, on defense, you know, you pretty much know you can't get after the passer because you didn't put any resources into a pass rush. So you might want to figure out how to cover. Uh, talking to you, Justin Coleman. Justin Coleman, to me, is a guy that's been paid nine-plus million dollars. I continue to hold out hope that he was going to get healthy and be able to help us. He comes in, and he's getting roasted, toasted, and extra crispy multiple times in that football game. When, when, when did uh, – Coleman get roasted, toasted, and, and a side order of extra crispy a bunch of times last year as well. Like, this guy might just be overpaid and not be able to make plays, and that might just be what it is. So, I don't know. I need step up from Justin Coleman. I need Tracy Walker to play better. Tracy, my man, you can't be the lowest rated on pro football focus. I can't have that. I need tackles, impact tackles, not 10 yards down the football field. I need you to get those 18-foot arms you got on a football and catch it 
and maybe even take it to the house for once. <laughs> I I need Okuda to make more plays like he did on that tackle for loss, as well as man up on people and be sticky in coverage. I mean, the Lions are going to have to hang their hat on being good at the corner position, safeties, because we know they don't have much pass rush other than Romeo Quara. Trey Flowers is now hurt. He had been playing better. Sean Hand has just been hit or miss. He hasn't played as, as well as I thought he would. And, and, and our linebackers are an issue. This is where I'm going to give Griffka a little dap. Like, uh, I finally submitted a couple weeks ago, Jelani Tavai can't play football. He might be a great guy. He might be a hard worker. He might, quote, unquote, be able to diagnose on the old uh, grease board. He can't play on Sundays. He can't run. He's too slow. He, he runs right into blocks and then just sits on blocks. It's embarrassing. It's it's absolutely embarrassing. So, Tavai, I mean, Jared Davis is what he is. He's a heat-seeking missile that's now on special teams and comes into blitz every now and again. Go, go back and watch the tape. Go back and watch Jared Davis just, just come in and, like, get up on the line like he's going to blitz, take, like, two steps forward, and then just stand in no man's land. You're not rushing the quarterback. You're also not spot. What are you, what are you spying Phillip Rivers? What's he going to take off for 20 yards on you? He's sitting there at the line of scrimmage doing nothing, either blitz or get off the field. You know what I mean? I don't know what that is from the defense. And, again, it's probably not Jared Davis's fault. He's been told to just take two steps forward and then just stand at the line of scrimmage right on a block. Yeah, that's really helping us, whether a guy's running behind you and you're not getting to the quarterback. So that does nothing for the defense. So Jared Davis, I, I don't know. I mean, he's probably a lost cause at some point. Even I tried to support him. I mean, Christian Jones seems to make some plays here or there. And then, you know, Jamie Collins is just what we thought he might be. He's consistently inconsistent as well. Shows up, lays the wood to somebody. Oh, nice play, Jamie Collins. Next play, I watch him. He's running about 20% speed while people are just crossing his face, catching a ball for 30 yards down the field. Like, I just don't know. I mean, I'm fired up to see Everson Griffin. I still want to support this football team, but here I am 20 minutes into a rant because we got our tails kicked by the Indianapolis Colts, and I got all this consistently inconsistent stuff I got to talk about when all I hear the head coach, the coordinators, and the players say it's all about being consistent. It's all about doing our job consistently. It's all about just doing our job. Well, what job are a lot of you guys doing? Because the job I see you doing is inconsistently doing your job consistently, you know, inconsistent. I, I don't even know. I lost myself there. I was inconsistent with what I was trying to say probably. But this team just, I don't think it's a bad roster. I don't think it's a bad, like, meat and potatoes team. They don't have enough stars. They don't have enough hard workers. They don't have enough people that will just go out and bust their tail to the football or will, like, say, you know, I, I understand we got a scheme to play, but I'm going to go get the ball carrier. I'm going to get the football out. Matt Stafford, hey, I'm going to freaking be accurate all the time. My buddy Chops had a great point. I'm going to put the football on my receivers so they can actually catch it and run. How many times does Matt Stafford throw the ball high? The guy has to fall down or jump to get it. How many times does he throw a crossing route? a little behind somebody where all they can do is catch it and fall down or 
or not catch it because it's a little inaccurate. Like, this has been years with this, you know, where other other quarterbacks throw these beautiful slants right on people where they, they just catch it, and next thing you know, they're upfield for 20 yards because the, the football is ultra accurate. Now, Stafford's fine. I mean, I'm about to talk about him here after the break, but he needs to be more pinpoint. And I can't hear, oh, I want that back. Oh, it's my fault. Put it on me. Oh, I, sh- I should have not thrown that pick six. Yeah, you shouldn't have thrown the pick six. You're like a 12, 13-year veteran. And, and you're still doing crap like that. Oh, I didn't see the guy. I mean, how many other $30 million quarterbacks are throwing balls like that on Sunday? Very rarely. Like, will I let you get away with one or two of those a season? Sure, but it seems like Matt Stafford's got a handful of throws a game where they're either inaccurate or a bad decision or sloppy footwork where he just gets crushed by the off, you know, the defense. Like, I just don't know. And I'm not even going to get started on the offensive line because I need to take a break and get to our sponsors. But, you know, Hal Vitae is horrible. Joe Dahl is Joe Dahl. Ragnow, Decker. Jonah Jackson are the only things you can hang your hat on after five years, Bob Quinn. Feels like you spent resources, you spent money, you've redid this offensive line. And, and here we are in year five, six, however long it's been, you're still trying to find the combination that works. I mean, how about you get two to three offensive linemen like we seem to have that are decent and find a couple guys in the late rounds that are just no-nonsense guys that can just play football like every other team does instead of having to pay every player or draft everybody in the first couple rounds. Gosh almighty, they've been the offensive line. Inconsistently, you know, consistently inconsistent. You, like, look at them. Everybody's like, oh, they're rated well. You know, they got great run-blocking grades. Did they look like a good run-blocking team last week? Did they look like a good pass-pro team some weeks where guys are just flying upfield before we can even snap the football? Gosh almighty, all right, this rant's over. I could probably go on for another 10-plus minutes, if not longer. Hope that was entertaining for you guys. I I vented a little bit, which felt good for me. Uh, I'm here on the road cruising about 80 miles an hour, so it is what it is. It's a loss to Indy. We're three and four. The season's not over. You can rebound. Show me something. Everson Griffin said he's got me. He he hit me back on Twitter. And responded to my tweet. And I told him to go be an absolute beast in Minnesota against the previous team. He said, I got you. All right, Everson Griffin, strap it up, big fellow, with that number 98. Let's go kill some quarterbacks and let's go play hard-nosed football and uh, help take the place of Trey Flowers, help make plays. That's what you guys got to do. you got to find a way to win that game in Minnesota. No ifs, ands, or maybes. And... You know who's got to step up? I'm going to talk about him right here after the break. Matt Stafford. I took some notes. I don't got my notes, but I kind of know what I want to say about Matt Stafford. So, everybody, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back talking all things number nine, Matt Stafford, everybody. We'll be right back right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Thanks, everybody. We'll be right back. What's going on, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers and Lions fans? This is Derek Oakry, your host of the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. And this is normally where I tell you about one of our great sponsors. But today, I want to tell you about my other podcast. It's on the Believe Podcasting Network. It's with 
Lions Legendary Safety, Benny Blades. You got to check it out. It's called B-L-E-A-V. They pronounce that Believe in Lions on the Believe Podcasting Network. Me and Benny have a ton of fun. We make each other laugh. We talk Lions. You get great football stories from Benny. And I don't know, he happens to mention, I don't know, five plus times a show about his stories from the U. You know, he started at the University of Miami, talks all about that. So please go to your favorite podcast platform, type in B-L-E-A-V and Lions. It'll come right up for you. Please hit that subscribe button, share it with a friend. Check it out today. Believe in Lions. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, everybody, I'm back from the break. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, drink it in. I apologize for the rant. Trying to be entertaining. I'm on the road. I'm driving. I'm venting. It's been a it's been a frustrating week. Not only this loss to the Colts, but all the injuries that came up, you know, things that are hampering the Lions, the inconsistencies I could talked about. Um, like I said, this is this is straight up live right here. Me and Grifka when we record. We, we don't ever edit. We don't take things out. We basically hit go. Whatever you get, you get. Everybody drinks it in. You guys seem to like it. We appreciate all the support. Please hit that subscribe button. Please share this with a friend. Um, you know, we understand the Detroit Lions can, can be frustrating, but we also think that there's there's good things ahead for this football team. And they just got to get it together. You know, either now with this regime or when the next group comes in, we'll see what happens. But uh, we appreciate everybody listening. We have a fun doing the show. Again, weeks get crazy. So, again, I apologize if the audio quality is not where it should be. But definitely trying to get you a show here for, for a Wednesday. Now, I said after the break, I talk about number nine, Matt Stafford. And... What I really wanted to deep dive on Stafford is kind of not where he came from, but where he's at now. So let's start back when the Lions drafted Matt Stafford. You know, there were a bunch of there was a bunch of people that wanted uh, Aaron Curry, the linebacker. I was one of them. You know, I, I I didn't like Stafford's stupid haircut. I felt like he's a little inconsistent at Georgia. Like looking back on it now, the way I kind of know football or the way that you build football teams, like that was kind of the obvious pick, just because. The Lions had no quarterback at that time. You know, Stafford had the, the pedigree. He's played quarterback since he's knee high. You know what I mean? That's one of his positives. He's kind of always been a quarterback, always been that guy, can always make all the throws, all that type of stuff you look for. So, like, when the Lions took him, you know, that not only was the right pick, but I felt like he came in here. He won the job basically out of camp. You know, they started him in New Orleans that first game. You know, he got beat up a lot, you know, that first year, not only on the field, but just all these turnovers, mistakes he made. But you could just see the flashes from this guy. He had he had crazy moxie. He was just a guy like you could see was going to be that that quarterback as long as you surrounded him. 
with pieces and, and with the defense. So I feel like those first couple of years, he showed that he got better and better every year. You know, we learned to live with some of the mistakes, but some of the wow throws he would make were great. You know, the, the game against Cleveland, then you look at what, like, I believe it was 2012, you know, 5,000 yards, 40 plus touchdowns, you know, just learning to throw the ball up to Calvin and make it play. So like he just seemed to come along every year and it was just getting more fun to watch you know, better at the quarterback position. And that was exciting to see, you know, the, if you look back at those rosters, like the lions still for as many offensive weapons, what's that Martin Mayhew or people's favorite words to talk about the lions. Oh, we got to get more weapons. Got to draft weapons. They seem like they went out and tried to get weapons always in the first couple rounds. And none of those really turned out the way they needed to, you know what I mean? Didn't really have a solid foundation. So, you know, it went anywhere from like six to, to 10 games in a good year. Most of the time, you know, four to seven is probably more where he was at from those years. Jim Schwartz came in, you know, gave him even more moxie to just sling that thing and get out there and play football. But they were really undisciplined and stuff back then, too. So my thing with Stafford is I just wish I had that 2012, 2013 type Stafford where He's putting up big numbers. You know, every game he felt like he'd go for 400 and three touchdowns. Then then Jim Caldwell came along, kind of made Matt Stafford the robot. You know, I want you to protect the football and things of that nature. You know, I want to teach you all these things I know about quarterbacks when really, like, a lot of the things that Jim Caldwell probably knows about quarterbacks is that he had Peyton Manning, who's just one of the greatest of all time and one of the greatest field generals you'll ever see ever. So I feel like he just kind of dumbed down Matt Stafford in a lot of ways. Yeah, did the turnovers come down? Yeah, but also the wild plays, the moxie, the ability to do some things. Now, did Stafford have that great year, too, with all those comebacks? Absolutely. Does he have a lot of comebacks on his record? Absolutely. But the reason he has both of those is because the Detroit Lions were trailing in a lot of games and because – um you know, he he had that one or two year where he was he was able to do those, but he's also had years since where he can't. So let, let, let me get back to some positives. My, my overall positives on number nine is he's an elite thrower of the football. I think I've said this on the show before. He's an elite thrower of the football. He's not an elite quarterback. He's not the top echelon of quarterbacks, but he's at the top of the list when it comes to throwers of the football. And, and you got to make sure to know that, you know, that difference right there, as well as he's just a guy that, you know, it seems like from day one in his career, like I said, early on, it was fun to watch the big plays and live with the mistakes. But when I say he is what he is, it's because I feel like Stafford, as smart as he should be, he still makes bad decisions this far down in his career. He did it early on, too. He did in college. You know what I mean? Inaccurate. Bad. Didn't really lead Georgia to what he should have. So, excuse me, for, for being an elite thrower of the football, I mean, that, that little bit of not only inconsistency, but lack of just ball player, just generalship, or just those mistakes that seem to cost us all the time. Just like a bad throw here, a fumble here, a little, uh, a little bit, less of a throw would have got a touchdown instead it's an incompletion 
You know what I mean? I feel like it's 10 plus years now with that. Oh, we almost had it. Oh, he's the, he's the best quarterback we ever had, which is, which is true. But there also has to be a sense of, you know, is he as good as he could or should be? You know, is he um, continuing to get ultra elite or good as a football player? Or is he just kind of, he's talented, but he's not, you know, ultimate winner. He needs a lot of people around him more so than a guy that just can lead without the best parts, you know, like some of the greats always do. You know, I don't know. I mean, to me, you just look at them and you're kind of like, all right, we kind of know what we're going to get. It's like if everybody's firing on all cylinders around him and if he's got things going where he's throwing it well and, and the team's up, man, he's one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the game. He can make every throw almost that, that Pat Mahomes can make. And, and like I said, when things are going good, he starts he starts laughing and smiling and, and throwing the football over the yard and talking to the refs and talking trash to everybody else. But a few things go wrong or the team's not playing well, that defense get off, can't get off the field. I start seeing that Mad Stafford that just, uh, just I go out and do my best, but you know what I mean? It's just, you know, it's not going to happen or you know that his his energy isn't where it needs to be. And now, and now my big issue with him is that he's got everything I want basically in a, in a franchise quarterback, but he's got this thing in him where he's not once in his career other than those first few years where I felt like he had a sense of not only leadership, but a little bit of a wild man in him that you need at the quarterback position. Now he's that robot where I don't want to say anything, you know, I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus. I take, I deal with everything behind the scenes I'm not going to call anybody out in the media. Just just trust fans that I that I keep everybody accountable behind the scenes where, yeah, does he chew out people at times at practice? I'm sure he does. But is it to the level that we need to win when you're part of the Detroit Lions, a team that hasn't won since the 50s? No, it's probably that passive-aggressive call-out where, like, you know, he's joking with you, but you're kind of know he's mad, but he doesn't really get after you. So you just kind of, whatever, he'll just, you'll do it again and he'll kind of do the same thing. You know what I mean? I bet you that's what it is at the end of the day. So I know it sounds like I'm beating on him, but to me, it's just like, I just don't know how to get him and this team to the next level other than I feel like he's got to be more vocal, you know, both with, what he says, he still doesn't have to throw people under the bus, but he can be a little more authoritative in the media and a little bit more of that leader that's like, you're not going to take this anymore and you're going to be better. You're going to hold others accountable. It's not good enough rather than these just, you know, cookie cutter answers that he gives or even that Matt Patricia gives. Now it's kind of like if you showed passion and you backed it up, the city would live with some of your shortcomings more than when you do the same thing most times and it doesn't equal to wins. And then I got to hear, you know, we just got to work harder. That one's on me. I got to be better. You know, I love the city. All, what, all the stuff he says, right? So be a little bit more, you know, genuine and, and vocal. Everybody knows you do great things for Detroit. Everybody knows you're a, a Boy Scout, you know, in the, in your personal life, you got a great family. What you get all that? What Lions fans really want you to do is be that elite thrower, be that leader that's got that swag, not just in the fourth quarter, but 
when everything's going wrong, you just come out there and you're like, we're just going to score right here. I'm going to take you right down. We're going to score. And I'm going to do it again. And I'm going to do it again. Not I'm going to do it. And then I'm going to like act like I can do this all the time. And then next two drives go three and out and fumble the football or whatever. So, you know, that's where he's got to be not only more consistent, but just that, that leader with a ton of moxie, a ton of ability to lead a franchise that, that needs that guy, especially a guy that's touching the football every play. Like Trey Flowers doesn't have to be that guy because, you know, not only is he not the quarterback, but he can't impact every play like Matt Stafford can. So I think like that's what we need from him. You know, the, again, the, the good things he's, he's got a good head on his shoulders. I don't know that he can outthink you know, the elite quarterbacks. Um, but I feel like he can process the game. He can also run all the offense. So when you're talking about, can he, can he run, you know, shotgun? Can he run, you know, under the center? Can he, can he run run game? Can he run play action pass? Can he throw, you know, the little routes? Can he throw it 60, 70 yards down the field? He can do all those things. So you can basically run any offense you want to run with number nine, but how many offenses has he been in now where we get similar results? You know, I, I'm curious what he would be like if we, if we ran a lot more no huddle, we, we use these weapons that we do have, which is Kenny, Marv, Danny, Hawk, Swift, you know, all the different, uh, you know, hopefully Cephas turns into a decent football player. So it's like, what would he be like if you actually use those and, and do what Schwartz did? This kind of just like, hey, we got to throw it 45 times. We'll do that if that's our best route to winning. So, um, you know, I think Stafford needs to. I just don't know. I, I he can't have the perfect team. Let's put it that way. And he needs to find a way to sort of get an imperfect team over the hump when things are imperfect. He needs to be consistently consistent, which he's usually inconsistent. Um, that needs to be better from him and from the whole team. And, and like when you look at his contract, I know everybody wants to say trade him, get these draft assets or, it's time to move on. You look at his numbers. I mean, Matt Stafford is making like 30, 30 million as cap hit this year, something outrageous, like $40 million cap hit if you did get rid of him, which makes no sense to me. He also, um, next year, I want to say that cap hit goes to like 24, which to me is a novice wannabe GM still seems, you know, undoable to let him go still field a football team and be better without Matt Stafford as your quarterback. So I feel like he's here for 2020, 2021, the contract then I believe dead cap drops down to like, gosh, I want to say it drops down to eight or 9 million, you know, which is very, um, you know, a lot more doable to, to eat that dead cap. If you want to, move on. The crazy part when I was doing a little research on his contract and whatnot is I think he's I think he's 32, won't be 33 until February. So this season will be over and he'll still be 32 years old. His contract, if he was to play it out and play really good football, puts him at like 34, 35. I mean, that's totally in the realm of you know, fine for an age of a quarterback. It's it's doable where if he played really well, you can still trade him that last year or so, and somebody would be glad to get him at 35, 34, 35, 36, 
you know, even into 37, 38, you know, that's, that's still doable if he really wants to play that long. Um, so the age to me is no issue. The, the cap hit is an issue. But I feel like he... I don't know. I feel like I feel like he can do it. I just I just don't know if he will. You know, I don't know if he will with Detroit. So, you know, people that want him traded, I think you got at least two more seasons before that would ever happen. I I am getting to the point like my buddy Chops and some other friends where it's kind of like we've seen what we need to see. Nothing against him personally. He is what he is. He's going to give you those great moments. He's also going to give you a lot of, you know, head scratching, tough moments. And, and, you know, for every good throw, there's going to be a throw and a half. That's kind of like, ah, that could have been better. Oh, that just cost us. You know what I mean? So can you win with Matt Stafford? Yeah, you can. You, you need to have lots of every, everything else firing on all cylinders. You need the defense to play a lot better. And, you know, as much as we say, like, he's kind of a bargain at quarterback now. As much as if you did spend a high draft resource, you know, they passed on Tua. Let's say you, you picked a guy in the first or second round that, that that was really good. I mean, I could see him being a, um, you know, that being a big change. Uh, top quarterbacks makes $5 million. And Stafford makes $30 million. Like, there's a big difference of what you can do with all that money if you find the right guy in the draft and bring him along the right way. Um, you know, I'd even be a proponent of, of getting a guy here in the next year or so, keeping Stafford around and, and letting him get up to speed and then make that transition, you know, in that year where the dead cap is not that bad, send Stafford somewhere if he still wants to play football where he can he can win and be good, but, um, you know, do it, do it the right way or just rip the Band-Aid off and say, all right, you know, we've seen enough. We're getting new head coach. He's going to get his quarterback. And hopefully he's going to run a dynamic defense and a defense that everybody can be proud of and, uh, and roll from there. So we'll see. I mean, to me, again, to sum it all up, Matt Stafford's a really good thrower of the football. He's an elite thrower. He's a really good quarterback, probably in the top 12 to 15. But he's not that top tier that some of the people on Twitter or just um, Lions fans, which, again, this is the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Drink it in. But – Sometimes we gotta we gotta hold back a little on number nine and just realize that hey, you know he makes his mistakes. He's got to be held accountable, but he can definitely win. He can definitely make all the throws. Um, he needs a, a little bit more help from the defense. He also needs to utilize these skill players that we put you know time and effort into to the you know top top of his ability. And if he does that, I think he will win at a high level. And will be a guy that can be counted on by this team. And that's what I'm hoping for. You know what I mean? This is the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. I tell you guys to drink it in. I tell you to be positive. I feel like the Lions need to... They just need to get the right mix of GM, coach, and and see if they can put it together in these next you know two to three years with Stafford. Or if they're going to do a full rebuild. It might just be time to say, you know, really appreciate you. Great guy, but it's time to move on. Move on. You know, no no worries. You paid him handsomely. He did some nice things, but he's just not the, the end-all, be-all at the position. 
and be fine with that as well. So we'll uh, we'll see what they do. It'd be very interesting, but that's kind of my deep dive on Stafford from his his draft when he was the guy with Moxie putting up crazy numbers to the guy who leaves us Lions fans frustrated at times and has not won in 10 plus years. That's over a decade, people, here in Detroit. So everybody, this was an on-the-road Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Fun to do, fun to talk Lions. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm literally just going to throw it up as is. So if you you heard me, uh, you know, I'm munching on fries or doing whatever I was doing or heard some of the crazy driving, my car maybe rattling at times. That is what it is. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully I I, I made you laugh with some of the crazy takes I had as well as just uh, straight up football talk, you know, just straight passion there about the Lions, my frustrations right now and what I want to see from number nine. So we'll see what happens. Um, everybody, we will uh, have a show on Friday mornings for you. We drop a show every Wednesday and Friday on Thursdays. I have the Believe, B-L-E-A-V and Lions podcast with the one and only Benny Blades, me and him. Um, talk trash, we laugh, we talk Lions, and we tell you to B-L-E-A-V and the Lions. They let us down this week, but hopefully they can rebound um, in Minnesota with Everson Griffin up and rolling and uh, this team hopefully uh, getting back to 500. So we'll see what they do. Uh, Drink it in, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. I don't know if you can hear this, but I'm literally just turned my car off because I'm at my destination. Everybody be safe out there. Have fun. Go Lions, drink it in. I'll catch you next week right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. I'm out. Drink it in.